Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I believe in ambition, but I also believe that it, it, I think it's important that we understand that the journey is the destination. The, you know, mundane faithfulness of God, the day-to-day little wins that sometimes we just don't see and are don't choose to see. Through the years, we've always found it better on the other side of the mount, but sometimes the climb was pretty tough. And in those moments, I'll be honest, I couldn't see a lot of wins. That I wake up every morning and I lay in bed and I have my daily fight with anxiety. If you fall flat on your face, a lot of people who never had the courage to try will criticize you. We keep looking for those big wins and you miss out on the on the normal and the beauty of the everyday normal gift that we get. Dear young married couple, you're in a busy season of your life. You're probably working and involved in ministry. On top of that, you might even be parents or students. You're maxed, but you really want to stay connected in your marriage. And that's why we're bringing this podcast to you. I'm Adam King. And I'm Carissa King. And we work with busy couples just like you in our counseling office here in Sacramento, California. We also work with couples all over the world through online counseling. And our couples are really just looking for ways to communicate with each other more effectively. Some of them are looking to heal from a breach in trust or find direction in fulfilling the purpose that God has for them. So come and join us as we have a conversation. We'll talk with therapists, authors, pastors, and other couples who will pour into us, giving us tools to become more intimately connected, get adventurous, and find purpose. Welcome to the Dear Young Married Couple podcast. Today's episode is about celebrating the small wins. And in today's episode, we got to interview Todd and Brooke Tillman. They are parents of eight living in Nashville, Tennessee, and they recently wrote a book called Every Little Win, How Celebrating Small Victories Can Lead to Big Joy. So often in life, we tend to to kind of downplay our wins, but we upplay our failures. Mm-hmm. And so... Listen into this episode for some inspiration. So welcome Todd and Brooke to the podcast. We're excited to have you guys on today. Hey, thank, thank you. you. We're excited to be here. Aw, well, it's our honor. We're, um, we're, we want to jump into your story. I, some, of, some people might be familiar with parts of your story, but there's a lot that people probably don't know about. So um, you guys have been married for how long? 22 years we've been married. 22 years. Yeah. All right. I, like, I thought Brooke might answer, so I paused. <laughs> you did I'm so sorry. End. I had, a, I had a, a, a mental brain lapse there, and something popped up on my phone. Oh. <laughs> You're good. Hey, yeah, I was, I was pausing to let her answer. 22 years. It'll be, it'll be 23 in November. 
All it's a right. really long time. Yes. It, yes, it feels like 44. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have been through a lot in those 22 years, and you have um, eight kids, you said? Yes. Yes. We were talking before the interview started, and we were talking about our kids and your kids, and you guys said you have eight, and we're like, oh, my goodness. That's mm-hmm. incredible. And Brooke, you want to keep going, right? <laughs> yes, I would totally, totally keep going. I got cut off. <laughs> you got cut off. Just gonna have to wait till I'm gone from the earth. Uh, <laughs> I told uh, Todd before we started that I was on his side on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I need all the support I can get. I'm telling you, uh, <laughs> I could tell. so you guys have a new book out which we'll be talking more about through the interview but in the book you talk about all your ups and downs from being at the brink of divorce to parenting a critically ill child even battling depression and anxiety and struggling to make ends meet um you guys are clearly still happily married you're together strong um tell us a little bit more about your story maybe just starting with um when you first met and um, share some some of your stories, some of your ups and downs. All right, you go, Brooke. You want me to go? I figured you were going to let me go. Um, You know, we're one of those uh, people that met super young. Um, We were kind of, I guess you could say high school sweethearts, but we we, we actually were church sweethearts. We didn't go to the same school. We Uh met at church and uh, I was what, 14? I was pretty young. Okay. And, uh, um, And originally I did not he was interested in me and I, I wasn't interested in him. Um, but I did like the attention and, um, I was, I was best friends with his sister. Okay. And so I liked the attention. He was two years older. I liked the attention, um, you know, that he, that he gave me, but I was kind of one of those, I want to like everybody else. And mm-hmm. I actually liked somebody else at the church and he was a little bit shorter than me. Cause you know how it takes guys a little bit longer to shoot. I, up. I wasn't the other guy was no, the other guy was Todd was <laughs> the other guy was. So Todd thought it was funny one day he brought like a stack of like the church hymnal books for the guy to sit on because <laughs> he was sitting next to me. And so, um, yeah, we, we, we had, you know, we started out just young, um, stupid in love, I guess, you know, it, it took, it took me a while. What really happened for me was an old girlfriend come to town to visit, um, uh-huh. from, and, and I didn't get the attention and that changed my mind pretty quick. So, um, <laughs> then we kind of went into this whole teenage dating. I broke up with him several times. He mm-hmm. broke up with me one time because the Lord told him to, and you know, he'll, he'll, I believe him. I didn't at the time. You know, what can you say to that? When God said, you can't quite that that. Cut and I was like, that's so lame. That's yeah. so lame. Um, but we kind of grown up together. I mean, we, we, we dated, you know, pretty much off and on all through. Um, we got married young. I was 18. He was 20. We lived in a garage apartment. We started nice. having babies young. You know, mm. we, we almost got divorced pretty quickly in. Wow. Um, you know, I'm trying to do like the cliff notes, baby. You're going to have to help yeah. me out. Um, <laughs> but, you know, God is God is woven every part of our story. I tell people like when we went through that hard part of um, mm-hmm. almost getting divorced like three years in. I look now at what God has done with our story. And I see what the, you know, the enemy, the devil was after. Mm -hmm. And I see what all we would have missed out on if we didn't do the hard work to get where we're at. And, you know, a lot of people think, you know, people getting married young are doomed, you know, or it's never going to work out. But I think for us, I like growing together. I think Mm -hmm. when you kind of grow up together, you grow and change together. And, Mm -hmm. and so it's been quite the ride we've adopted you know, we've had miscarriages. We've, we've had a sick child. Um, wow. We, you know, um, just we've 
pastor to church together. We've had to mm-hmm. let that go together. And, you know, it, it's just, it's, it's been such a crazy ride and, and with all the ups and downs, but it, to me, God is always writing a beautiful story, a redeemed story. Mm-hmm. So even in the broken places, God is using those things to make a good story. So Todd, mm-hmm. you take it from there, babe. You, well, I mean, you, you told it all. That's kind of our history together. You didn't, you didn't really go into the details about me breaking up, but I'll, I'm, I'll just try to let you have that one because you just hang so doggedly onto that story. Oh, my God. <laughs> you did, did you tell me it. the Lord told you, and I believe you now, but I was like, not that in, is so not in those babe. Times, but anyway, yeah, I mean, we've just been together since we were mm-hmm. kids. And, um, yeah. you know, it's interesting to me. Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know what what people consider a strong marriage or a happy marriage because we haven't always been happy. Mm-hmm. And there have been times when we've, I guess I imagine we felt really vulnerable and weak, but yeah. we're, we're still here, you know, and, and still together. And so oh, I guess that yeah. counts as strong. And, and I guess we can count all of the happy parts, which do outweigh the sad parts and, Amen. and the trying parts. Uh, and, yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, one, one of the biggest goals that I think, and I mean, I hate to speak for Brooke, but we've done this so much. I feel like I can, you know, and this uh, <laughs> uh, is, is we do sort of want to help other couples, whether they're young married couples or are married mm-hmm. as long as we've been or more, you know, yep, uh, yep. to um, feel a, a little bit of freedom in the struggles and the sufferings because mm-hmm. they're, they happen to all of us, you know, yeah. and and we get through it you know you you fight through it and i the best advice i can give is through the years we've always found it better on the other side of the mountain uh right. but sometimes the climb was pretty tough you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely you know it's it's interesting it often feels like when you're on that climb like you're talking about that you feel alone like there's no nobody climbing with you right and and to hear someone else talk about those those difficult times openly and honestly, I think is refreshing and encouraging because, because we, we do feed that, that faith side of us when we hear someone else made it and, and it wasn't always perfect. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Do you think Todd, that your, um, story, you know, with your guys' struggles, your ups and downs, do you think that impacted you as a pastor and, and how you led and served others? Oh, heck yes, it did. Like, um, I always, I mean, I said at least a hundred times, probably more from the pulpit, you know, that like, you know, I guess, I don't know, like in my mind, and I don't think this is fair to me or others, but it's true, fair or not. Uh, In my mind, I always kind of envisioned other pastors like in, in their office at the church and they're just really before God and they hear the voice of God. But Mm. for me, uh, pretty much every Sunday, I just preached from my experience, whether it was good or bad, or you know, whether it was a struggle mm-hmm. that I had, or I, I, I always led from those experiences that I had, you know. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they they were tough, you know. But on on the other hand, a lot of times they were they were really victorious. Even now, mm-hmm. the 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 chapter that we're in right now, mm-hmm. one of the things I said to our church before we left, at what well, before we stepped down as lead pastors, at least, mm-hmm. is. That I, you know, I of all the victories that I've told y'all about through the years, I can't just keep living off those victories. I have to go pursue new ones, and this mm. is part of that, you know. Mm-hmm. And, gotcha. um, yeah. And so that's kind of where we are with that. But yeah, I would say for sure, for sure. Wow. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit because uh, when we first became aware of your story and your book, 
your book title really got our attention because we, we see the importance of this. Could you talk about how you came to the realization that that's what you wanted to write about? Yeah. Brooke, you want to take that one? Yeah, I know for us, um, you know, we really, I think people hear, Hey, you know, your husband won the voice. And I think that's what this book's about. or That's what the big deal is. But ultimately for us, that's not our story. Yeah. Ultimately mm -hmm. that was a big win for us, but it was all the little wins that's really made up what God has done with our story. And, you mm. know, so for me, we wanted the book to be as honest and real as it could be, because it really, it really is about, it really is for us. I mean, you know, it's those little wins, those day to day things that in the end, you know, makes the big, makes the big thing, you know? Right. And so mm. I think we just, I, we wanted to tell our story and ultimately our story, that's what our story is about. Yeah. is the you know mundane faithfulness of god the day-to-day -day little wins that sometimes we just don't see and mm -hmm. or don't choose to see and you have to be intentional we you know we even i tell todd all the time i feel like i'm cheesy talking about our book but i'm starting to think in my mind what's the little win i can find for today like That's i have good. to be intentional with it mm -hmm. you know I, I tell people you know with our kids we started this thing where we're like you know best of the day worst of the day mm -hmm. you know and, and my little kids love it. My older kids roll their eyes, but I think deep down inside they like it. And I know when they're grown, that's going to be the memory that, you know, but to, to, to be intentional at the end of the day to say, you know what, yes. there was the worst of the day. There yep. was something that wasn't good. Let's yeah. just identify it. But then there was a best of the day. There was always mm -hmm. something in the day you can find that mm -hmm. was a win that was good. Like, you know, hey, because I, I used to what I struggle with. If I can't clean the whole house, I don't want to clean none of it. If I can't mm -hmm. lose all the weight quickly, then I'm just going to stop. Uh, but I've had to learn, you know, that, hey, if I got one room cleaned, if I made mm -hmm. one small change in my life today, that's a win. Yeah. And I think that's what we want people to realize. It isn't the big, I, hey, the voice was amazing. It was an amazing platform God used to expand and enlarge our territory. But uh, really, it is the everyday little wins that make us who we are not That's the good. big ones, you know, yeah. and so we have to look for those because you're not, you're going to, of course, you're going to see the big win. It's the mm -hmm. little ones that right. you have to look for. So have oh, you yeah, always been that optimistic or? <laughs> <laughs> have I always been that optimistic? No. <laughs> no. She wasn't even that optimistic this morning. <laughs> He's all, I'm going to be real about. No, I agree. <laughs> I, I agree. So I guess my, my thought is when did you become aware that that's what you needed to look for. Yeah. Oh man, that's tough. I mean, I would, I would say that piece by piece we've, we've learned through the years, I guess, but honestly, one of, one of the major things that helped us e even writing this book, but not just that, you know, uh, is, is to look back over our lives collectively. Mm. Um, because we have, more than one time we have said, uh, you know, like day to day, you're like, oh, you know, and it's easy. Listen, I'm not even blaming anybody. That's one of the big goals that I have for this book is because I know what happens. It doesn't matter if it's The Voice or American Idol or one of these shows. You watch these things and and you have this like romanticized view of how it is and mm. or maybe a fantasy of how it might be. And so for our part, which I agree is minimal, let me say, mm -hmm. um, I wanted to sort of level the playing field for everyone mm -hmm. and, and be like you know we are all in this fight together and we're mm -hmm. all struggling together but there are ways that we can get through and try mm -hmm. 
because a lot of times, man, you know, people say have a good attitude. And that's a deliberate effort sometimes. You don't mm. just be like, okay, well, I'll have a good attitude. You have to choose to look at your wife in the face and say, okay, instead of like cussing her out or something like you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know? That wouldn't go over well. Yeah, no, no, no. And so, you know, uh, no, uh, I would never. Uh, but, um, <laughs> you know, just, you have to choose it. And so, but we have learned that if you look over it, because uh, really, honestly, day to day, it's, it's, it is, I mean, it's, it's almost natural to be mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, why are these people in the passing lane or like mm-hmm. why literally I stopped at Kroger on my way back into back home because we don't have a Kroger in our town and they sell poke bowls. And even though my friend, my friend thunderstorm from the show, he says that American, mm-hmm. like, like mainland poke is not like Hawaiian poke, but who cares? I love it. And so, <laughs> You know, it's easy to be like, they have zero Pokeballs, you know, you know what I mean? Uh, It's Uh easy to do that. Uh, And so sometimes you do have to stop and look back, whether over your life as a married couple or over your day. And so, you know, there were some good things. There were a lot of good things. Like Mm -hmm. when we look over our entire marriage, um, I mean, I guess there was enough to write a book about, you know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) A lot lot of stuff. Yeah. When you were in the midst of heartache, maybe talk about when your when your child was chronically ill, and you know this became this became really apparent to you that you were in the middle of tragedy, a potential tragedy. Um, talk to us about how you identified the wins in the middle of what felt like anything but a win. Oh yeah, bro. Man, I'm gonna be honest. And the toughest part of it, I wasn't finding wins. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be real honest. Um, I think with that, there was moments, God, God was always there. He would always remind me and show me, you know, and be faithful to me where I was at. And in those moments, I'll be honest, I couldn't see a lot of wins. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so for me personally, and I know Todd may have a different perspective. It almost took me coming when we came out of it. He began to kind of show me where he was there every step of the way that I couldn't see when I when I was in it. Because as a mom, your one job is to be able to feed your child. Like that's what you're supposed to do. And when Mm -hmm. you're, you know, they couldn't tell us why, but he couldn't gain weight. He couldn't eat. Mm -hmm. I just felt like a complete failure as a as a mother in every way, spiritually, emotionally. And um, I was, uh, I'll be honest, and I know like I had a friend of mine that's like, Brooke, how do you get angry? I was angry at God. Mm-hmm. I was like, how can you let my child suffer? We're, yeah. we're pastoring, we're doing every, how, because like, he had to eat every three hours, you know, when you first have a baby. Mm-hmm. And every three, it, it was, you know, he, he had, we ended up having to have feeding to put in, it, he couldn't eat. So wow. every, I was praying and every three hours I was having almost a meltdown because I felt like God was not hearing me. God was not answering my prayers. But I do remember when we took him, when they finally got some answers to, you know, that he was aspirating um, everything that he was taking in silently. And that's why it was strangling. That's why he wouldn't eat. And, you know, they even kept his um, swallow study. They had never seen what his was doing before. They wanted to study it. Um, but the doctor, the, the doctor told me, like, it is a miracle. This child should be beyond sick with like, aspiration mm-hmm. pneumonia he should like, I, like there's mm-hmm. no way and in that moment God was like you see I was you thought I had deserted you you thought mm-hmm. I had deserted your child and the whole time he was protecting my baby yeah. and the whole time he was going to ultimately healing 
And so that was such a faith walk for me. And, you know, coming on the other side of it, I think that's why we're overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Because when you begin to share your testimonies, not only do you encourage others, but you remind yourself, God come through here, God Mm -hmm. come through here, God come through here. So why won't he come through now? Like, why do I doubt that he's not going to come through here? So to me, in that situation, I honestly, there were some moments God showed me was there, but I didn't get to see a lot of the wind star begin to almost come out of it. And you know Mm -hmm. what? But the thing I love about God, he is, when I'm faithless, he's faithful. So he loves to show me, Brooke, even when you're faithless, even when you don't see no good, I am still faithful and I will still remind you of who I am. And so for me, that was kind of, you know, one of those things, I'll be honest, sometimes you you have to have grace for yourself that you may not see any wins, Yeah, that you just can't see them, but you just have to believe, you know, and you just mm-hmm. have to keep going. And, and yeah. so for me, and I don't know, Todd may have a different perspective than that. He's a little more stable from like stabilizes me. So he might have mm-hmm. a little different perspective, but for me, that was a tough one. It was tough to yeah. find any wins. I bet. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Bet. Man, um, just you, when you were telling that story, I thought of our, Chris and I wrote a, read a devotion this morning and in it, it had a kind of the question lots about like uh, Moses and the burning bush. And they said for a long time, scholars asked or Jewish scholars asked, why, why a burning bush? Mm-hmm. Like, why not something different? You know, he could have done right. anything he wanted to, but been in a pyramid, he a decided palace. to go ahead and, you know, like light a bush on fire. <sighs> and, um, and they said, you know, the, or at least these scholars thought maybe it was just because that's what Moses is going to encounter his whole life in the desert. Whenever he sees a bush, he sees the potential that God could be here and is here with me. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So, that's so every good. time, every time he walks past a bush, he's reminded, hey. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's had, good. That's, that'll preach right there. Amen. Yeah. But it, it just... Just the same. I, I was just dwelling on that, and as you were saying that, yeah. I think that ties in. It's just like God's faithful, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. sometimes we 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 need to go through that that desert, mm-hmm. and that wilderness, mm-hmm. in order to have the experience to bring out of it right. to have that confidence. Yeah. But while you're in it, it's really hard. We'll be right back to the interview, but first we wanted to share something that we are really excited about. So, you know, we all have those times where we don't feel super connected to our spouse and we really don't know what conversations to have to get us to that connected place. And then on top of that, we're so busy that we don't prioritize those conversations. And that's why we created the monthly live date night. And Monthly Live Date Night is every month on a Friday night for 90 minutes, 60 minutes. We focus on a topic that uh, you guys pick. And then 30 minutes, we do a QA and a and it's live where we're all together asking questions and giving answers on topics related to your marriage, your intimacy. And we share tools. Uh, We have handouts that we call homework because we want you to be there to listen and to soak in. But we really want you to take action in your marriage, too. So come join us live for the next monthly live date night. Check the link in the show notes for dates and details. All right. Back to the interview. (laughs) Right. You're so right. And I feel like that that journey we went through prepared me because the next really rough season I went through with my some mental and depression, anxiety. Mm. Actually, I, I say all the time, I got super angry at God in the in the Hosea one, but in that one, I did not. So it was almost mm-hmm. like God took, he takes you from faith to faith to faith. So what That's I learned right. in that one, mm-hmm. I had to battle something else, 
but mm -hmm. I didn't take that. I took my victories out of that one and I was able to even, so for me, it's just, it is, it's just like, you know, God is so good. And so yeah. it, I come out of that one and then we go from faith to faith. And, and, mm -hmm. and so when I went into the next one, I didn't quite have the same response. I did look mm -hmm. for things differently. And so I don't know that for me, God's just so good that way. He's just so faithful. Yeah, Amen. that's good. Todd, how did you support Brooke? She mentioned that you've been kind of more even keel or stable when she's had her ups and downs as a mama or as maybe somebody who experiences higher highs or lower lows. Um, how have you really supported her and been that rock to help her find the wins throughout yeah. these tragedies? You know, I, I don't want to really take very much credit for this. So let me just say that because uh, it's not, I don't really have any secrets. Um, I, I tried to do the same for her only on a different level because she's my wife mm -hmm. um, that I really would do for anybody else. But the truth is, it's because I don't know what to do. Uh, mm -hmm. So I would, I was just present, you know, most yeah. of the time, like, uh, and like I, I t when literally like the Sunday, we our, our final Sunday as pastors of the church, I told people because I don't know what it was, but I mean, I, I officiated a lot of funerals for younger people, you know, and, mm. and so I told our church, I said, in those times, I hope, you know, uh, I hope you didn't get offended at me. I, I didn't know what to do. So I would just show up and stand in the corner, you know, mm. and I would just stand there and just be there. Uh, um, and that's all that I knew to do. And so with her it was that, but you know, I, again, I'm, I'm kind of a, for, for what, as much as I can do it, I want to let married couples kind of off the hook a little bit. Um, first of all, through the Hosea stuff, um, do not do this by the way, this is not good advice, but I'm, um, I feel like the truth does set us free, mm -hmm. uh, through the Hosea stuff. Um, my, that's, that's our child that was sick. Hosea. Yes. Sorry. I need to clarify. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, but through the stuff with him, I kind of got to the point where I tried to feed him more and wouldn't let her. And mm -hmm. then there were even times I just lied to her and told her he ate some, even if he didn't, you know, uh, and I know I shouldn't have done it. You know, I know that's probably not the right road, but I just wanted her to be okay, you know, yeah. and so, uh, or better at least. And so I would just tell her he ate, even though he didn't. And, and then um, other times when she was like, when we were dealing with some of the more, like, cause the, I mean, it's, it's hard to convey and, and you guys, I don't, we don't know y'all personally. So maybe you have experienced it in your family or extended family. And so, you know, uh, but if, if people haven't experienced it, it really is hard to convey to them the severity of some of these mental issues mm -hmm. like anxiety and, yeah. and how debilitating they can be. Mm -hmm. um, and so in those times, the real yeah. truth is sometimes I would, I would just, lose it. And I would say, you know, tell her like, Brooke, you've got to get it together. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. I would literally just sort of lose it. And then uh, at other times, I, Brooke would tell you, I'm like, I'm practical to a fault. Yeah. And so I didn't really have this plan to make her okay. Mm -hmm. What I did was I just made sure that, you know, there was supper on the table for the kids. And, right. and you know, we, they, you know, it was like really that. always like he said, like, he's just, you know, I can kind of just my personality in general is just a little more, you know, I'm a little more dramatic, a little more mm -hmm. like, and he's just, he's, a lot he's, <laughs> he's just stable, loyal, even keel, like, you know, um, mm -hmm. and so for me, that brought stability yeah. and security. I felt safe 
secure. No matter how much I lost it or was falling apart, Todd mm -hmm. would hold the rest together. And so I had that security that, and that he, and that he loved me even if mm -hmm. at my worst. And so for me, it was just the showing up the stability mm -hmm. of, I had that safe place that, yeah. you know, he wasn't, and I, and I almost feel bad that he had to be that because that's hard. I can't imagine. Mm -hmm. um, but luckily for me and his nature, he is just a little more stable. Yeah. And, and I think God puts people together because I, I always say I'm the, I'm the gas. He's the brakes. I stretch Todd's face <laughs> with crazy things, but he stabilizes and he kind of yeah, helps me. Brooke is like flat. really impulsive and I am not impulsive. Yes. Like, oh. And so I stretch him to do a lot of things that he would have never done. And a lot of yeah. mountaintops he would have never seen, but he gives me a lot of grace and that I might fall flat on my face doing something mm. really crazy. And so we just kind of, I think God puts people together like that, that just, just compliment each other. And yeah. I think that's just what God, God put us together. We, you know, there, yeah. every day wasn't, you know, roses. He didn't have moments that I even needed to be like, Brooke, you've got to take care of these kids. You've got mm -hmm. to like try, you've got yeah. to fight. And, yeah. um, you know, and I needed that too. But for ultimately for me, it was just, he was there mm -hmm. and I, it was that security. Yeah. that he was yeah. there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, like he said earlier, he was present, just being mm -hmm. present, getting food on the table, letting you know, like, Hey, let's pull it together. Like that, right. that can be so helpful. It's, it's the little things, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. The little wins. Yeah. She yeah. went to work with me. She would just, her and the kids would just go to the office with me. And uh -huh. uh, yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, it was, a, it was, that was a tough time. And, you know, I've, I've had a hundred people ask me like, if I ever wanted to like leave and I always say, no, it's the real truth behind that is I don't know that I ever wanted to leave, but in that time, especially I, I didn't know if I could do it, you know, like mm. there were times I didn't know if I could do it. You know, it's not that I ever like had a desire to walk out on her, right. but uh, there if were several enough. moments. Yeah. Like, can yeah. I, am I capable of handling what she's yeah. dealing with right now? Uh, you know? Yeah. Anxiety and depression just hits people out of nowhere. Yeah. And there isn't exactly a, you know, a, a guidebook that people hand you when you get born. Like, here, read this before you uh, grow up so you yeah. can lean on this advice. Like, yeah. People just don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. It is so common. Yeah. Did you end up seeking any professional help, Brooke, when you I were did. battling? I, yeah. I did. Um, and I want to, you know, for me, a big part, and this is so, awesome for me because the I've struggled with anxiety and fear and just, you know, just not being able, like for me, it's just sometimes not being able to like tormenting thoughts, cast them down, mm -hmm. whatever that So it brings anxiety and it brings fear. Yeah. And I, I've struggled with that since I was a little girl. Well, growing up in the Christian community and believing in God, you know, of course, and we're going to always fight things spiritually. So is and especially it's getting better now, but there was such a stigma. Yeah. that you, you don't get help in any other way. You, you fight it spiritually. So I, you know, never took medication until I was almost 30 something years old, battled it my whole life. Through, mm. And, and God was faithful to me, but, I, but I'm going to tell you, this is the thing. God never shamed me once for getting help, taking medication. Mm -hmm. People did. Yeah. And that's what I, and for me, the second time I went through the, really the worst one that we're talking about here, because I'd hit it the first time I went through a really bad bout. And I said, Lord, if I have to go through this again, you're going to have to give me purpose in this. I'm going to share it because I can't go through this. If there's not purpose, this doesn't yeah. help somebody. 
I can't do it. I have to have. So for me, that was the most freeing step was to start sharing and taking that stigma off because I was a pastor's wife at the time. Mm -hmm. And to say, you know what? I am struggling. I'm going to fight this spiritually, but I may need help outside of that. And, and, and I did. Um, And that's so wise. Uh, One of the Mm -hmm. first things, because we do work with couples that, that have anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. And one of the first things, and I don't know if this will corroborate with your story, but the first things people do normally is isolate Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because they don't trust themselves or they just don't feel like being with anybody. Yeah. I I know for me, I didn't want to be around anybody happy because I never thought I was gonna be happy again. And to see other people happy Mm -hmm. when you feel like you have nothing, like that's never going to happen for me. Mm -hmm. So, and and the enemy loves to isolate because then he tortures you. He shames you. And he says, no one, if you share your story, no one will like you. You will never be able to minister to anybody. No one will ever believe your, your spiritual. It's like all these things. But the moment I started sharing, that's mm-hmm. when the freedom come because the enemy couldn't shame me any longer. Yeah. Then the moment people begin to say, oh my God, I struggle with that too. It, it's that connection is made. And I begin to see I ha- there's a purpose in this and God, yeah. God's going to use this. Mm-hmm. And um, that was my first step. And yeah. then in that, um, I just begin, this is what I feel like for me. And I know everybody's story is different. Everybody's journey with depression and anxiety or whatever you struggle with is different. But for me, you know, I had to use medication to get, you know, myself physically back into a place where I could mm-hmm. battle it spiritually. I had mm-hmm. quit. I had given mm-hmm. up. I'm a prayer warrior. I pray. I couldn't even pray or either. Mm-hmm. I prayed so much. It was over the top. It wasn't even like it was. So it was it, it. So for me, I had to have something to help me. And it was not an overnight fix. It was a lot of, um, you know, being able to talk about things to trust, you know, it's a day at a time to take those yeah. steps to, yeah. I met a wonderful, wonderful nurse practitioner because they were actually wanting to put me in a inpatient place. Oh, wow. And yeah. we didn't really have peace about that. I was going to do it. Todd couldn't really get peace about it. But this nurse practitioner said, let's try this. She started, you know, cause I'd never been on medication and she listened to me and she said, you are not crazy. You have just had back-to-back babies. You are depleted. You know, you mm-hmm. went through one baby. I got pregnant with Louie when Hosea, in the midst of Hosea being that sick, he was wow. a surprise. My hormones, I already dealt with fear. It was just this whole, and I was dealing with anxiety about Hosea. So it was this, she says, you just put your body in. So she like, listened to me. She told yeah. me I wasn't crazy. She believed me and said, mm-hmm. you know, we can help you. And I, and from that moment, it, it was like one of those things where, slowly over time I began I didn't think about it you know I went five minutes and I was okay mm-hmm. I went I went two hours and I was okay my mom mm-hmm. was on something else yeah. and then over time I went a day and then that's where we and finally it was just I don't know it's like I, I remember looking at the sky one day and I said I will never feel normal myself again I really felt that way because it was so bad but that was a lot. And, and I told people yeah. all the time, the devil deals in those absolutes that you will never change. This can never yes. be different. This will always be like this. When you mm-hmm. start hearing that, that is not God. That is yes. the enemy trying to lie to you. So for me, mm-hmm. it was a battle, but that that gets to be in this book. God kept his word that if I had to walk through it again, he was going to use, he was going to let it have a purpose and use that story to help other people. So yes, that's good. That's awesome. And now it's a win. It's exactly. a win. I love it. I love talking in those little book. It's a win. Yes. <laughs> so Todd, in the book, you guys talk about the importance of knowing yourself mm-hmm. and, um, you know, like 
the things that would bring you joy. And you say that you can count it as a win when we delight in those things that bring us joy. So talk to us about why it's so important that we know ourselves. Uh, you know, I guess it might, that actually may be different for everyone. I don't know. But like for me, it was more that I had, and again, like I'm, it's really, I'm, I, I sort of preface everything I ever say. So, <laughs> yeah, so like, uh, it's important to me that I don't, I don't come across as if I'm like laying blame on anyone or anything like that. But I did spend a lot of time being conditioned and conditioning myself in a certain direction. And that was pretty much, it was pretty much kind of tying my full identity into ministry and church work, which was not good and not a good idea. Mm. And, um, and so, uh, so over time I started just sort of pursuing some things that I love, like, like going outside and hiking and spending, spending time up in, in the woods and doing the kayaking and just, just things that you really enjoy doing and they bring you a, a lot of fulfillment and you do learn too, that it's not, I don't know how to really put it because I do believe that we should, we should prefer others. I, I believe that I believe yeah. and try to, to practice it, that we should, you know, put others before ourselves. But I also believe that we should sort of maintain our, you know, I, our own spirits and our inner man, we should maintain it. And so very often um, when you talk about your spirit, everyone thinks what that means is read your Bible and pray. And that's fine. That's great. Actually do it. I think you should do that as often as possible. It's fine. But man, my spirit sort of is refreshed when I'm out there, when I'm doing the, and even with the music, um, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of people in the world right now uh, and, and in my world in particular that don't, understand a lot of things and a lot of choices that I'm making, you know, and some of the choices I don't even fully understand. I'm just doing the best I can, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but I do feel a, a tangible sense of freedom in my spirit, you know, mm-hmm. for pursuing this. Uh, and so I just, I, I feel like it's really important that people discover it doesn't really matter, you know, what it is. If you like to cook, you like to hike, you like to, Brooke loves, I mean, Brooke love, 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 loves to thrift. And I can, mm-hmm. I can go to the thrift store and I can make a round and then I'm done. I, she, I go sit in the car, no kidding. And she's in there for hours, you know? And so it's just, it's not, it's not a selfish thing as long as your motives are pure, I guess. Like, uh, uh, you know, why, why are you doing that? So, I think it's, man, I got to tell you, it changed my life. It really did just to sort of discover things about yeah. myself that aren't defined by, you know, uh, uh, my or- ordination. Or, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Well, I think, I think there, if you're, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I think there are people that think a position will define them mm-hmm. or that will, ide- like, their identity is wrapped up in, in, how oh. people perceive them or what office mm-hmm. they hold. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not our, careful, man. Right. Our yeah. identity isn't in that. Yeah. Right. Mm-mm. Our identity is a child of God and right. And a, and a host of other scriptures that tell us who we are. Right. Mm-hmm. right. I mean, I think the thing too, I was good. I mean, for me, it's like, you know, you have to be, if you're not being you, because God created us all vastly different. If you're not finding who you are, not just, 
identifying what the church and everybody tells you have to be. If you're not being you, then you're not going to, you know, you're not going to walk out your anointing and destiny and purpose that God has for you because that is uniquely to you. You know, God, I say this all the time. I love God loves us, of course, all the same, but he loves us uniquely and individually. Just like I love my children, I do not operate and show them love in the same ways because they're unique and different. And that's the same way with God. He gives us different callings. We like different things, different things inspire us, different things, you know, and so not the same worship song ain't going to do it for everybody. The same outdoor activity ain't going to do it for everybody. Everybody's unique. And if you don't find who you are in Christ, who you are, who God created you to be, then you're going to miss your whole story. Uh, you're hard. not going to live There's it. a lot of voices, like a lot of voices. And it's you know, hard so to shut those out, man. That's for Especially me. When you're a people pleaser like I am. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yeah. That's how, good. how do you determine from your point of view here? Like, how do you determine that I'm going to follow this voice and I'm not going to pursue these voices? Mm. Uh, you know, for me, honestly, the truth, the, I mean, unvarnished truth is a lot of it is trial and error. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, it's kind of one of those things, you know, if you fall flat on your face, a lot of people who never had the courage to try will criticize you, mm-hmm. but they never even had the courage to try, you know. Uh, but then the, the other way I would say for me is just, I mean, you can call it whatever you want to call it. I believe it's the spirit of God. A lot of people call it your gut, you know. Uh, I just follow that, man. Like, it, it you know, if, if it, if, if I feel it's not that I don't have any fear or any reservation or mm-hmm. any anxiety, I do have a sense of that. I always joke and say, it's not really a joke, but I mean, the way I put it is that I wake up every morning and I lay in bed and I have my daily fight with anxiety. Like, how am I going to make sure that where's the money coming from? Is this going to work? Is that going to be okay? You know, so it's not that that stuff isn't present. It's more, it's more that. I don't know. The best way I can put it is in my own experience. There were things in my life that were there and they are so rich and valuable to me. Mm-hmm. But when, when those chapters were closing, it, it became, um, it, it made me feel really um, inadequate. And, mm-hmm. um, and I, I, I felt really out of place even, you know? And, mm-hmm. uh, and so when you start pursuing things like this thing now in the music world as a whole, no one knows who I am and they don't care, you know, <laughs> but I don't feel half as inadequate as I was feeling in those last days of, of mm-hmm. the last season of, of our life. I, mm-hmm. I do feel a sense of purpose and moving forward, you know, and, uh, and that's the best I way I know how to put it, you know, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, we have one more question for you before we start closing out the the podcast and um, uh, asking you for resources. But you guys write in the prelude of of the book. You say on paper, our lives look very full, but hardly remarkable unless you look for the small wins. Huge achievements get notice. But if Brooke and I had waited around to find joy until we got a big win, we would have missed out on the amazing life we've lived. Instead, we have found triumph in the mundane even in the middle of our hardships. So how would you guys say that people can triumph in the mundane and count every little win? I think for me, I saw a status um, on Facebook that a lady that her husband was dying of cancer and it started off and it said, normal is a gift. Mm. And we really don't see that. The things that Mm. we just 
tossed aside as nothing. Somebody wishes they were having a normal day. They wish they were getting those everyday moments that we disregard. And that really was eye-opening for me. And I remind myself of that on those mundane day in, day outs where you feel like as a mom or whatever, you're doing the same things. You're doing things that someone else is praying they could get to do. Mm-hmm. And I remind myself in those days, Brooke, you're living the life that you one time thought you would never be okay to live yeah. when you were in those throes of depression and anxiety. And so that reminds me that normal is a gift. Yeah. It really is. And so you have to look in the normal every day. God is extending mercies and grace and miracles, and you just have to see them. We just, we keep looking for those big wins and you miss out on the, on the normal and the beauty of the everyday normal gift that we get. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. So good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I believe in ambition. Uh, you know, I believe in all those things. Uh, but I also believe that it, it, I think it's important that we understand that the journey is the destination to a certain degree, you know, uh, Mm. Uh, and like what we're like, it's Brooke said it already. Like, man, there's tons of people that l- literally wish they had what we have right now while we're wishing we had what someone else has, you know? Right. Yeah. And, and also give yourself a break sometimes, you know, it's <laughs> sometimes you're just gonna, you're going to be that way. You know, sometimes you're going to look at someone and you're just going to kind of give the face like, you know, like, yeah, uh, it's life. That's life. We're like that. You know, we're people <laughs> we're like that. So if you we're needed like permission that. to give yourself a break, Todd has given you permission there in you this there you episode. Go. Yeah. Officially. <laughs> Man, well, tell us uh, where could people find uh, your book? Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, you better let me, bro. <laughs> I threw up the link every time. I'm terrible. Okay. So, uh, all right. Here, th- we tell it. I give the same spiel to everyone. The book, you can go to everylittlewinbook.com okay. and that, that's how you find the book. Um, but if, you, if you're looking for the book or any other thing that we do, I'm on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook as Todd Tillman. Uh, it's spelled weird, but it, you, you Google it you know, or search it in Twitter or something, you'll find it. Okay. Brooke, Brooke doesn't do Twitter, but she's on Facebook and Instagram as Brooke Tillman. Uh, okay. I just know. joined TikTok. Oh yeah! Oh, I'm on TikTok. I, yeah, I'm so old. I have man. one post on TikTok. That's what I was doing. That's what I was. That's why I'm up here. I, I was just going to do this from the dining room table because I'm sort of living the bachelor life right now. They're all in Mississippi, you know. Uh, oh, nice. up, You're on tour, tour right now. Uh, what's that? You're on tour right now. Well, no, I'm at home in Tennessee. Okay. Uh, yeah, and so I'm back. I'm back in Mississippi, which is where we lived before we moved. Got yeah, back. we had doctor's appointments. There was a death in our, uh, not our family, but in our friend group and, uh, and Brooke had to go to the funeral. And so, uh, gotcha. and my life is just never stopped. And so I couldn't go back home, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's why I'm up here. I'm on TikTok Cause I was, I was recording a, a cover of a John legend song for TikTok. Oh, wow. Nice. Okay. Nice. <laughs> okay. Well, we have, we have one more question for you before we close out the podcast. This is the way we close out all of our episodes. And we ask you guys, rewind back to the first couple years of your marriage and think about the advice that you wish you would have received and then fill in the blank. Dear young married couple. Mm. You want me to go or you want to go, babe? Um, what was the fill in the blank part? It kind of. Dear, dear young married couple blank. Yep. Dear young married couple blank. And then you gotcha. fill it in with advice you wish you would have received. Early on. What, what's the advice you wish you would have received? Hmm. 
Man, that's you want to go first, babe? Give me a second. Oh man, I could think of tons of things. I wish people. I know. Would. Uh, uh, I I wish people would say, "Dear young married couple, um, it for sure will get hard, and it for sure will get very hard." Uh, but uh, I and th- I wish somebody would have told me this. I've learned it through the years, and Brooke, Brooke will tell you I live it a lot uh, every day, a lot. Uh, that passion is great, and I hope that passion hangs on until the day you die. But I would take commitment over passion any day, uh, uh, because there are going to be days where, you know, if you're just married, man, people quit caring. The cake's mm-hmm. all eaten, and the candles are blown out, and the photographer went back home, you know, mm-hmm. and no one cares. And so mm-hmm. there's going to be days, there will be days where you're just going to have to rely fully on commitment. I'm committed mm-hmm. to this person. And then the passion. Don't worry, the passion will come back. It's it's mm-hmm. fine, you know. But mm-hmm. I wish I wish I would have known that. Yeah, yeah I think good. I would say, um, you know, dear young married couple, just keep showing up. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you just keep showing up, you'll get through it. And and you know, I had Todd's dad. He was our he was our pastor. Todd's dad was our pastor, and he told us when we first set out, you know. Um, there is a deeper love that, you know, you come to this deeper love, this stage of, you know, such respect. And I was saying, what is he talking about? But <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. There's a level like, you know, that you get into where you've went through the morning sickness, you know, you, you, you know, I've, I've puked on Todd, you know, being <laughs> sick. I mean, you've gone through the struggles and there is yes. a beauty. There is a deeper love that comes out of knowing from being fully known by someone and they love you anyway. And so keep showing up. If it's really hard today, keep showing up. If it's really good today, keep showing up. Um, you know, it, it is a beautiful thing. It really not, is amazing. Not to justify it or make excuses for it. I told you I preface everything that I say. Not to justify it or make excuses for it, but you're going to make some really sucky decisions. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as a married couple, as individuals, you're just gonna you're just gonna screw up. It will happen, you know. And mm-hmm. you have to figure out how to move on past it. it. You know? Yeah. Good. good stuff guys thank you so much for taking the time and uh, you. sharing your wisdom and yes. and your and your book with us and uh, we, we really appreciate it yes so we I will, appreciate us. absolutely we will link your book in the show notes for folks who are looking for it and we'll also share uh, where to find you guys on social media so that people can connect with you so thank you so much you guys thank you all thank you we enjoyed it All right, friends, we really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. And if you want help, if you want personal guidance with individual counseling or couples counseling, or even help with you as a couple reaching the goals you have, just reach out. Give us a call at 916-678-1797 or shoot us an email at hello at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. No matter where you are in the world or in your marriage, we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward progress. We also post marriage advice regularly on our Instagram, which is at dearyoungmarriedcouple. And we'd love for you to join us in conversation there. All right. See you next week.